What's going on? Sweat It Out is sponsored by Ice Shaker, the ultimate bottle for living an active and healthy lifestyle. You see, Ice Shaker is the perfect bottle for keeping your drinks hot or cold and blending powders on the go. It was created by Chris Gronkowski and invested in by Mark Cuban, so you all know it's legit. So please, we encourage you guys to go check them out at iceshaker.com and use our coupon code SWEATITOUT for $5 off your first purchase of $25 or more. If you guys know us, you know we're not here to push products that aren't going to benefit your life. If we use it, we want you guys to use it because we know it's going to bring a lot of value. And there's no better bottle than Ice Shaker. Another thing, guys, both Josh and I, we live in Miami. And you know that's a very hot city. So it's super important for us to keep our drinks cold at all time. So for those who live in hot cities as well, you know what we're going through. One more time, check them out at iceshaker.com and use coupon code SWEATITOUT for $5 off your first purchase of $25 or more. Boom. If you guys are like us, you know how hard it is to find the perfect pair of workout gear. That's why we want to introduce you to 10,000. 10,000 is a no BS, no gimmick company with no endless scrolling through indistinguishable products. We understand how overwhelming it can be to have to scroll through a mindless amount of products and colorways when you're trying to pick the perfect fit for you. 10,000 has pared back their line to just the essentials, creating a system of gear that's perfectly designed for all the ways you train. Check them out at 10,000.cc and use the code SWEATITOUT for 15% off your order. What's up, guys? In today's podcast, we have a special guest who's an amazing entrepreneur, the co-founder of Sports One Marketing, and he really dives into sharing with us his roller coaster of a journey, his ups and downs, his failures and successes, what it means to be a true entrepreneur, the importance of being a genuine individual, and the true meaning of living. Today we have David Meltzer. Please enjoy. It's time to sweat it out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans. And we're live. What is up, guys? Uh, hope everybody's having an amazing day. Um, today, we have an amazing special guest on here. We have David Meltzer. We appreciate you coming on here, brother. How's yeah, it doing? You. It's going great. I'm excited to be here. Love your setup. Looking forward to having a good conversation. So are we. We're, uh, we've been looking forward to this for a couple of weeks now since we set it up. Yeah, we've we're been right very on. excited. <laughs> cool. What do you got on the agenda for today? Just wanted to dive into, you know, a little bit about your background, a little bit of, you know, expertise. You know, we were just talking uh, earlier about all this amazing content that you've been putting out lately and you've been keeping it really real with everyone, you know, which we really appreciate it because yeah. that's what we pride ourselves on a lot is, you know, just being honest with people about their emotions and, and how they think other people are reacting to them or how they're reacting to other people and you know, I truly believe that you do an amazing job of, you know, elaborating on why it's important to be so genuine uh, with your intentions and, and with your opportunities so that you can maximize the most of it and, and really build a quality network around you. 
Yeah, I think it stems from a math equation that I learned over all these years. And it's what I'm paying attention to, what I'm seeking, right? When we pay attention, it's actually a matter of seeking something. It's not just, you know, looking at it like most people think about. So I see, you know, what I seek in people and places and opportunities and that which I give intention to, meaning I know that everything that surrounds me, I intended to be here and I'm going to give meaning to all that I intend to be around me. And if I do that, my attention plus my intention should equal the coincidences in my life. Therefore, I'm a hypocrite, right? Because that means that as I change, as I grow, and most importantly, as I learn, then what I did and said and thought yesterday must not have been as good as what I do think and say today. And I want to illuminate that to people that, you know, there is no perfect person and there's no perfect life. The perfect life and the perfect person comes from the people that seek the perfection in themselves. They seek the perfection in others. They seek the perfection in the mistakes, the pain, which I consider to be an indicator of emotional, spiritual, financial uh, lessons to be learned. It's just an indicator. So I think it's really important. My journey is one in which to be authentic in the fact that, hey, man, let's all seek the best. Let's seek the best and do our best and let's forgive the rest. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, our backgrounds in health and fitness, you know, we, we got in our career started as trainers and we always preach that, you know, there's there's no such thing as perfection when you're talking about the human body. And, you know, that extrapolates out to, you know, a multitude of different areas in life. It's, it is all about just making small improvements throughout you know, each day, each moment that you possibly have, you know, each week, each month, so that over time you can, like you said, build upon those and really hopefully, you know, grow into uh, a better person and grow, you know, if you have your own business, grow your business into something that can, you know, be valuable for many people to use or, or to, to be a part of. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, love, I was going to say real quick, um, you know, learning from those failures and, and really applying them day to day. Um, really helps with that growth process and, and knowing that, you know, perfect isn't the way to go, but imperfection is what leads to success. Yeah, you nailed it. And you guys are in the health and fitness space, you know, trying not only to reach your own potential, but allow others to want identify what their potentials are and allow them to pursue it. I think one of the key components that I've learned through, you know, trainers like you guys is to learn to enjoy right? That pursuit. You know, I, I talk about the first 10 minutes of, you know, a lot of things suck and it, people that don't realize that the first 10 minutes suck, especially when you're going to work out or, you know, dieting or, or whatever. And I joke around, I've never, I've been working out on and off since, you know, I was a tiny little kid and college sports, et cetera. And I can't think of one time that I showed up to work out, to practice, to films, to tape and just to something one time where I felt, you know, shit, I don't want to do this. That at the end of it, I said, Oh, thank God. I did. <laughs> I mean, think, I wish I didn't do this. Not out of, you know, thousands and thousands of workouts and practices. Not one time did I finish and go, Oh, that was stupid. I wish I didn't do it. Not once, but yet thousands and thousands of time, including this morning before I went running, I was like, it's 550 and I'm like, oh, no, no, I don't want to do it. Like, you know what I mean? And literally 10 minutes into it, I, my sweat started coming in, my endorphins started pumping and I'm feeling like, oh man, I'm so glad I did this. And when I finished, I was like, oh man, I'm going to go to attack the day. And it's such a great 
I think people that are in your industry, it's such a great lesson to learn because if you could apply that to everything, you know, to taking out the trash, to doing chores around the house, to starting a business, to not quitting, it's all the exact same emotional perspective that it takes to get up and go take care of yourself every day. So David, I know you mentioned sports there. Um, just, I, I have to know what sports did you play in and what did you learn from playing sports that really ties into your everyday life? Believe it or not, I dreamed of being a professional football player. I played football in college. I ran track in college, played a little baseball. We were terrible, so I switched over <laughs> to pole vaulting. Uh, but football, to me, participation-wise, was my favorite sport. Um, and what I learned was this sentence that leads me in my life. I learned to enjoy the consistent every day, persistent without quit pursuit of my own potential. I joke around, but, you know, I talk about pursuing your potential and I teach so many people, I'm executive coach of some of the biggest executives in the world and just to some startups. And what I've learned though, is that that lesson in sports was to me, the closest I've ever come to my own potential. And what the greatest lesson beyond pursuing my potential was that everyone has their own potential and it's okay. Like it's okay that I wanted to be a professional football player, but yet my potential only would limit me in this lifetime to be as good as I could be. There, there is a potential that I have and it's okay that some people are the same way in academics or, you know, in, in other golf or, you know, in sciences or whatever it may be. It's okay that we have our own potential one and two, we're allowed to vote for, what we want to elect in our own life. So if I'm a terrible artist, but I want to enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of my art potential in my life, but my potential is very low, that's okay. So, you know, and, and I'll get just as much fulfillment out of my life as Van Gogh or Picasso. That's amazing. I, uh, I couldn't agree with you more, man. You know, I mean, Mendez and I had this conversation on one of our podcasts uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, where he was talking about getting on, you know, Men's Health Magazine, and he had the same goal of, you know, playing playing professional football. And you know, obviously, neither of us look like we're going <laughs> to step out onto the field anytime soon, you know, for for the Dolphins or anything. But he was able to translate that into a different aspect of his life of of his career, you know, and take that intention that you were talking about and the attention that you were talking about and turn that into something positive that, you know, shines light on all the hard work that he's put in. And I think that that's amazing that, you know, not only him and, and yourself, but a ton of people find value in what you're talking about on a daily basis uh, to be able to then, you know, utilize that for their own potential. Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the things, since you played football as well, you know, I was watching Rocky for the 150th time. <laughs> Such, a Such a great movie. Such a great movie. One through five. <laughs> one through five. It doesn't matter. But, you know, just the idea of, you know, getting hit, right? And I, uh -huh. and I know, you know, things have changed over the years. But to me, it wasn't just how hard I could hit. And I weighed 147 pounds, so it wasn't that hard if I hit you. But for me, it was how hard could you hit me and have me still get up, right? Or still keep going. And to me, that's why I succeed in what I want to succeed in is because, you know, some days, especially as an entrepreneur, you know, I get hit. And, it, and, and it's like, you know, I was a punt returner. And the thing I hated about being a punt returner is when I'm looking up at the ball, I catch it. Back then, they didn't protect the punt returner as well. Now you're going to get wrecked. I knock, head knocked off. I look in the, in the short guy, the guy that's supposed to block the, the bullet. He's sitting there with his hands going like this. 
Well, there's some days as an entrepreneur, I told my wife, it's like they had six punts in a row and my middle blocker missed every single block six times in a row. That's how many times <laughs> and how fast and how hard the hits came. Mm -hmm. And it's literally like Rocky on that, you know, you're like, I know it's a movie. I sit there and I've watched it 150 times, but there's something that moves inside of me that's like, get up, Rock. Yep. <laughs> right? yeah. And I, I tell myself that all the time, <laughs> get up, Dave. You know, it's, if I can look up, I can get up. And yeah, I've been hit hard. And those painful times are just indicators that I have something to learn. And as long as I'm seeking the lesson in it, I somehow find the energy and the belief and the faith to get up. It's like that, uh, speaking about Rocky, it's like that part in the movie where he goes, you gotta take it, gotta take the hits and keep pushing forward or keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah, definitely how many hits so you can take and still move forward, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> you see that a lot where, you know, you see a lot of times where people take get these hits and it's just so hard for them to get up. And um, I think that's where I think we're, you know, where we can come and shine some light and help people, you know, get through those moments where they're taking those hits. Um, at the same time where you can, you know, acknowledge the fact that when you're getting hit, you have so much to learn from that to keep moving forward. So what would you say is the best way when you are taking those hits as an individual to be able to get yourself up? Because that could be hard, getting yourself off those hits. What's the best way mentally to prepare yourself that or to be able to get out of that? Yeah, I divide this inspired behavior in three different components. And so when you're hit hardest, the component that you have to use is motivation. Now, fear can motivate you. Uh, music can motivate you. Poems, podcasts, people, movies like Rocky. That's motivation. And then I think you're cognizant of the fact that there's a short-term solution to getting up, getting back up, starting and getting restarted. And it's called motivation. And so what we want to do is condition ourselves to realize what motivates us. Is it the song? Is it this poem? Is it, you know, some mantra, you know, like I can look up, I can get up. And then the real successful people take it to the second stage where, okay, I can get up or restart, or I can start and get back up. But can I convert that into the clearing of the interference that created that pain? Meaning, can I learn the lessons and seek the lessons so that not only am I motivated, but I go through a period of conversion into inspiration, which means I wake up the next day with a short memory and I'm actually grateful, forgiving and accountable for what happened yesterday by seeking and learning the lesson, the light and the love from a situation that most people may seem or think to be unbearable. And I laugh about, you know, I bottomed out two years before I lost everything. So for me, you know, most people are like, oh my God, that guy's amazing. He lost all those millions of dollars and then made it back. I'm like, no, the amazing part was that I actually bottomed out two years before I lost everything. I was prepared when that occurred to get back up. I had already segmented my life and I, I had figured out the values that I wanted to live by. I took stock in who I was and realize the shift in the paradigm that I no longer, you know, bought things I didn't need to impress people I didn't even like. I didn't buy things to be happy. I actually received things to come through me for others. And that major shift allowed me to experience a big lesson financially in order to effectuate not only making more money for myself, but even helping more people make money, helping more people have fun and help other people. Amazing. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because I, I've been diving in lately to uh, to your book, Game Time Decision Making, which is you know right behind you. And 
you you go in real early about you know the the mistakes that you made in even with the people that you surrounded yourself with you know and we talk about it all the time on how important it is to have quality people around you that one will support will actually support you uh through their own actions and through guiding you through your actions why why did you find that it was so important one to you know make that shift and, and cut some of those people that weren't helping you get to where you want to go out of your life because we've both had to do that uh, quite a bit. You know, I think any successful person does. And secondly, how did you go about finding those people that truly did, you know, want the best for you no matter what and, and would help you uh, get there? Yeah. Well, you know, understanding honor, which is an interesting word. I don't mean honor in the respectful way. I mean, honoring uh, what you want, uh, giving that attention and intention. And when you honor yourself about the inventory of your values and you start distinguishing others and saying, this person bleeds me, right? Or this person feeds me. And to be secure enough in the fact uh, that you can articulate to others that, you know, this is not about you. This is about honoring myself, that I have more that I want in my life. And there's so many people in our lives that they bleed us. They create interferences, void shortages and obstacles. They have so many issues of their own. Uh, they aren't living in integrity. They're not pursuing their own potential and they're creating you know, a detriment in bleeding you. And I think it's really important to be pragmatic about what you want. And then what you need to do is find the people that sit in the situation that you want to be in. I will tell everyone now the secret sauce of life is know what you want and then know who has it, period. Think about what I'm saying. If you know what you want and you know who has it, that doesn't Powerful. just mean material, then you can either do two things. You can ask them for it or ask them how they got it. Right. And that could be a relationship with money, worthiness. It could be a car. It could be anything that you want. Someone could have the job that you want. They could have a skill that you want, a knowledge that you want, whatever it is. If you know what you want, then all you got to do is find out who it has because a tree has no branches. We're all connected. You need just to seek the person who has what you want. It's the fastest and easiest and most statistically successful way of getting it. I love that you said that because I know that's another thing that me and Josh talk about all the time and how it's also important to, to direct your energy and focus into what you want and, and really diving into that because it's so easy to get distracted by all these distractors going on in our everyday life and in the world we're currently living in that it's easy to deviate, you know? So what do you do to keep yourself focused and really engaged, putting that energy into knowing what you want out of life and what are the best tools that people can start using today to be able to start getting the, to be able to avoid all those, all those distractions off their main focus. Yeah. So five things, right. And so, you know, under the context of gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication or inspiration, there's five things. Number one, take inventory of your values every day personal, experiential, giving and receiving values, like we discussed, don't be afraid of being a hypocrite, but take inventory of who you are, your values of what you want every day. Two, ask. Ask not only how you can be of service or value, but look, you cannot ask big enough for the universe. You can't out-ask the universe. The biggest mistake that most people uh, go through is they never asked, you know, someone that could help me. Everyone's a sponsor or a power sponsor. There are no gatekeepers. People are not trying to keep you away from what you want. They're trying to help you get it. So ask for it. The third thing is we talked about attention plus intention equals coincidence. That's the definition of studying. You need to study 
what you have planned every day, what you don't have planned every day, the empty space in your calendar, and your sleep. If you study your calendar in that respect every day, you'll be not only more gracious, but accessible and productive in what you do. The fourth thing that you need to do is do things now. You know, the only statistic I used to think to be true is 99% of all statistics are made up. I found one other one to be true besides 100% of all short putts in golf don't go in. (laughs) I've learned that over the years, but 100% of the things I do now get done. And the biggest distinguishment in life of people that get what they want and people that don't are the people that have passion, purpose, and profit in their life. They get stuff done. So Mm -hmm. do it now. If you can't do it now, then put it in your calendar for tomorrow. Prioritize it by what's most important first and get it done tomorrow. Then finally, most importantly, practice ending fear. You have to be a ferocious Buddha. You know, the most ferocious thing that I do in my life is was not play college football, was not pole vault 4.6 meters. It was not get married and have four children, three teenage daughters. That all sounds like a ferocious behavior. The biggest thing and most ferocious thing that I do is that I'm able to stop when I'm in an ego-based consciousness. I'm able to stop the acceleration in the wrong trajectory. I'm able to stop when I'm mad, angry, anxious, worried, guilty, frustrated, when I have a need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, all these different needs of the ego. I actually am ferocious enough to stop, to drop by breathing into a higher frequency of neutrality, of peace, in order to move once again in a ferocious manner towards what I want. So that delta between the old Dave Meltzer that used to accelerate with void shortages and obstacles in anger, fear, worry, guilt, resentment, offense, to now go back to neutral and then move in the right direction and without the resistance has created great productivity, accessibility, and gratitude in my life, has allowed me to learn more lessons and to grow in a faster and more accelerated pace. So if you can take inventory of your values, ask and attract, be a student of your calendar, do it now, and most importantly, practice ending fear, you will literally gain whatever you want rapidly and accurately in your life. So I'm going to take those five things you said, I'm going to cut it out of here, and I'm going to put that over and over again on a loop in my head every day. Yeah, it's going to be playing, in my, <laughs> playing in through my, my AirPods. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> It'll work, I promise. Guarantee. Love it. I, th- I think it's, you know, it's it's not easy to check your ego at the door, you know, especially when you're making these split decisions on the fly that you have to make as a business owner, right? It Was there a, was there a time point for you or like a, a moment that you remember where you had that kind of aha where you, you said, okay, like enough is enough. I can't be doing this anymore. Yeah, there was. And so, you know, there's three quick indicators. One, when I was 30, my dad gave me a jacket for my birthday after 20 years that had no pockets. I wasn't ready for the message, but I got very upset with him because he said I was just like him, that I was going to be the richest man in the cemetery. And he gave me a jacket I can't wear. And I was like, why would you do this? He said, because you're just like me. You think money buys love and happiness and it doesn't. I want you buried in this coat and remind you, you can't take anything with you when you're gone. And he was trying to teach me a lesson at 30, but I was too arrogant and egotistical to learn. Uh, Then six years later, I was with my best friend. I was running Lee Steinberg Sports Entertainment, most notable sports agency in the world. Mm -hmm. Most people know uh, Lee from the movie Jerry Maguire, and he also just signed the biggest contract in the NFL. Epic, I know. Absolutely (laughs) epic. He secured that bag for sure. Good for him. That's my boy, man. So 
but for me, you know, I took my best friend from the fourth grade golfing and I said, Hey, why don't you join me at the masters? We can go with Shannon Sharp and Chris Carter and Warren moon. It's the greatest event in sports with the greatest people in sports. And he looked at me, he goes, I don't want to go with you and your friends. I was like, what, why don't you want to hang out with us? He goes, well, I don't like your friends and I don't like what you guys do. And I was like, well, come on, man, I'm not doing what they're doing. And then he gave me the biggest warning shot because, you know, there's a book that says, you know, don't take yes for an answer. I'd been taking yes for an answer for over a decade. Everybody had been sucking up to me, telling me what I wanted to hear. And my best friend finally told me what I didn't want to hear, which is he didn't like who I was or who I was hanging out with. And I told him, well, I'm not doing what those guys are doing. And he said, look, you can lie to me, Dave. Don't lie to yourself. Two weeks after that is when my life changed, that aha moment. Uh, I had gone to the Grammy Awards with a rapper named Little John, lied to my wife, told her, you know, I was going to business meeting, changed clothes in the car, came home wasted at 530 in the morning to my mansion. And uh, my wife was sitting there. And for the first time, she told me the truth. And the truth was that she thought I better take stock in who I was and what I wanted to become, that she was going to leave me. And she felt that if I didn't take stock in who I was, I would die. Uh, and I was extremely angry. I thought she wasn't grateful for everything I had done. I was resentful and offended. I went to bed even more resentful and offended and angry, and I woke up even more upset until, once again, I saw that aha moment. I saw that jacket, and I realized, oh, my gosh, I'm just like my father. I'm a liar, a cheater, a manipulator, a back-end seller. Everything I hated about my father, I'd become, and I better take stock in who I was. And that's when I took stock in gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, inspiration. That's when I decided to go on a journey of enjoying the consistent everyday, persistent without quit pursuit of my own potential of happiness. No longer was I going to buy things I didn't need for people I didn't like. No longer did I care about for what other people thought. I was going to receive so I could give. Everything now was going to come through me for others. And that's how I was going to live my life. And for the last 14 years, I've been doing free trainings every Friday to empower over a billion people to be happy. I'm on a quest and a mission to teach people these four values, those five activities, these key incidents and philosophies and strategies and disciplines so that everyone can be happy. Happiness is the greatest disease. It spreads simply by witnessing it. It strengthens you mentally, physically, and emotionally. You guys know this. Mm -hmm. It'll strengthen your immune system. It'll protect you against any disease. I promise you. So I am trying to empower a thousand people like you to empower a thousand people to empower a thousand people to be happy. And if I can do that, that's going to make me happy and change the world. I really, really appreciate you sharing that part of your story because there's so many so many times where i hear a lot of um, people on the outside when they're when they see successful individuals for what they see sometimes they don't see or understand the the tribulations the hardships that they're going through behind walls and um, i think that that moment for you in time where somebody might just see the spotlight the limelight the success not understanding the deep-rooted stuff going behind doors can kind of you know block off you know understanding that you know successful people are going through a lot of stuff many times and we and and as uh, you're you yourself you had that aha moment that transitioned you into a tr in, in a transformation into a different person now and and what you're doing now is amazing and i just have to say like wow because you know many people don't go out there and share stories like that and i feel like for you know me and josh and other listeners it's those stories that really 
you know, motivate us and really put us out there and really let us know, like, you know, we all go through stuff. We all go through hardships and we all can get out of it. You know, if we start shifting the way we we approach things, do things the way that we put where we're putting our energy into. And most important as well, you know, how our mindset is. So I really appreciate you sharing that. You're welcome, you guys. I really appreciate the opportunity to share. Yeah, it's it's we we again, right? I'm gonna kind of echo Anthony's statement. Like, you know, it's not easy to be vulnerable, right? I mean, I struggle with that at times too. Like, should I really put that out there? You know, is that something that you know people are going to question who I am as a person or my belief structure or whatever? You know, but hearing hearing stories like your own made me just realize, like, you know, you got to go all in on who you really believe you are. You know, and over time, you you'll refine that person and hopefully become the person that you want to be at the end of the day when you are put in the grave, right? Uh, it's not it's not easy being uncomfortable around people who, you know, you think are judging. I mean, you, you had a post about this the other day, right? Where uh, someone asked you a question about, you know, being judged and you just said, listen, no one gives a shit about, about you. You know, they, they're too worried about what people think about them. You know, and I was yeah. like, wow, oh my God, like that's, it's so true. And I never really thought about it that way. Yeah. If someone judges you or puts conditions on you, it just defines them as someone that judges or needs to put conditions on you. You are you. There's plenty of people out there that will resonate with your frequency. Uh, and that's what you want. You want to be yourself and to surround yourself with people that are tuned in to what you believe in at the time that you believe in. Remember, last thing before I have to go is that we're just an aggregate of snapshots. And so, you know, you may have friends that were childhood friends of yours that think of you just like you were when you were 10. And if they were going to talk to your friends today about you, they would describe you as you were when you were 10, because that's the snapshot of who you were, good or bad. And when we understand that we're all snapshots of our behavior, and that's why forgiveness is so important. That's why it's the means to unwind the untruths that people tell about us is that when people say negative things about me or judgments or conditions, I always agree with them. And I say, I can't imagine that's what they think. That must be the snapshot. You know, we, we take one little post and that can be the snapshot of Dave Meltzer. Or we could have gone to elementary school, junior high school and high school with Dave. And that's the snapshot. Or you could have a relative that raised you until you were, you know, 21. And that's their snapshot. But at 52 years old, that snapshot is not, or hopefully, if I'm doing what I'm teaching, that snapshot's nothing like I am today. But I have to be able to forgive those people that are judging or defining me from the snapshot of what they've seen. And just because they saw a snapshot doesn't even they understand, you know, what you're talking about. So many times I'll post something with an intent and someone, you know, won't be moving too quickly or they see it in a different way. And it's not what I say, it's what they hear. And it's like, whoa, where do you get that from? Mm -hmm. You know, they'll say something like, no, no, I love chocolate. What do you mean I don't like chocolate? <laughs> this is all about me loving chocolate. Yeah. And I know you guys with the content that you put out probably have had the same uh, reaction from people. It's like, that's not even close to what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. hundred um, percent. I love that. I actually do. I actually love that very, very much. And I appreciate you sharing that again. Yeah. And, you know, before we wrap things up, cause I know you got to go um, in, in one sentence, what's the biggest piece of advice you can give to all our listeners out there? Yeah, radical humility. Uh, and what does that wow. mean? Be kind to your future self. Do wow. good deeds. Ask for help. Be radically humble. 
put those two words, radical humility, know what you don't know, ask for help, be kind, be kind and do, if you, if you're lost, if you're frustrated, anxious, worried, I know this is a compressed time of uncertainty with accelerated change and that we're all even questioning our own existence at this time. It's a very simple solution. I promise you go out there, pick up a piece of trash, put a, a, a cart back at the grocery store, smile at someone, do a good deed, you will instantly reach the truth. It will be your potential when we give ourselves a word of service and a value. So be kind to your future self and radical humility. Do good deeds. Thank you, David, for coming on. We really appreciate it. I know you're you're a busy man. So thank you again. Thank you guys. Really Look forward to doing that. this again. Take care of yourself. Yeah, you and as well. See you when I come to Miami. Yeah, hell yeah, definitely. We'll get a workout in. Right on. Thank you so Keep much. The good David. work. Thank you. Take care. Appreciate it. Bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to Sweat It Out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans. Enjoyed this episode? Make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review.